Welcome to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. This show was created with the intention of helping others to help themselves. You will hear me feature amazing souls from around the world who are making a difference by helping people in their own unique way. You may also hear me follow up with a guest I've hypnotized on an online edition of Love from the Hip, which is available on YouTube. Together, we can all make a difference, and it begins with love. Love from the Hip. Sir Charles Spencer Chaplin, or better known as Charlie Chaplin, was born April 16, 1889 in London. He suffered a rough childhood in poverty, having been abandoned by an alcoholic father and subsequently raised by an incomeless mother who suffered from psychosis. Charlie was sent to Lambeth Workhouse at the age of seven as a consequence of his family's financial difficulties. Charlie Chaplin, as you well know, became one of the greatest actors and directors of the silent film era. But what you may not know is that his speech in his first true sound or talking films, The Great Dictator, a political satire comedy which he wrote, directed, and scored, to this day, 79 years later, is still relevant. For those of you that have never seen this film, it was released in 1940 during World War II, and it features Charlie portrayed as two of the main roles, one being a dictator named Adenoin Hinkle, a spoof on Hitler himself, and the other a persecuted Jewish barber. A series of comedic events transpire and the Jewish barber is mistaken for the dictator Hinkle. This barber in his final scene must deliver a speech to the gathered masses and announces that he has had a change of heart and makes an impassioned plea for goodwill and brotherhood. This speech has gone down as one of the most inspiring and powerful orations in history. Although Chaplin intended it to be just a political satire comedy, it gave people the hope they truly needed during such a great, great time of despair. And so here for you is just a small clip of Charlie Chaplin in his final speech from The Great Dictator. Don't give yourselves to these unnatural men, machine men with machine minds and machine hearts. You are not machines. You are not cattle. You are men. You have the love of humanity in your hearts. You don't hate. Only the unloved hate, the unloved and the unnatural. Soldiers, don't fight for slavery, fight for liberty. In the 17th chapter of St. Luke it is written, the kingdom of God is within man, not one man nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power. The power to create machines, the power to create happiness. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Charlie Chaplin was not a dictator, nor was he labeled a leader, but in an and in passive way, actually was a great leader of his time. He led a group of worried, scared, and frightened people to a bit of hope. Like a great leader, he empathized with the people at the time and took a great risk to share his vision through his creative talent and by doing so performed a selfless act for the betterment of humankind. Many people are watching governing systems failing from the sidelines, but some, like Charlie Chaplin, are inspiring hope by offering change helping others strive through their example, their experience, and through their great leadership, and hopefully paving the way for more leaders and free thinkers. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing public speaker, mentor, expert of team building, and founder of the Leadership Coalition, Sean Palmer. He will also be sharing his knowledge with you on leadership and teamwork in school and the workplace. So if you have questions during the show, feel free to call 1-888-298-KKNW or 425-373-5527 after this quick break. 
Microneedling is a revolutionary treatment that can help reduce the appearance of acne scars, fine lines, pigmentation, wrinkles, even improve the appearance of stretch marks by stimulating collagen and elastin. Sakura Skin and Mind specializes in this procedure that jumpstarts your body's natural healing process. Sakura Skin and Mind believes in not only keeping the skin up to date with the latest trends in the skincare industry, but also keeping the skin beautiful, fast, pretty, painless, and affordable. Find out more at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A skinandmind.com. Going our own way every day. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe to my YouTube channel, Love from the Hip, and that's H-Y-P. Today, I have the pleasure of having public speaker, mentor, expert on team building, and founder of the Leadership Coalition, Sean Palmer. And remember, if you have any questions you would like to ask Sean on leadership or teamwork in the workplace or in school, you can call 425-373-5527 or 1-888-298-KKNW. Thank you for being here today, Sean. Sakura, thank you so much for having me. And listeners, good afternoon to you. (laughs) Awesome. So let's start off with what qualities do you believe great leaders have? Lists change. Um, people who are, are being led are always going to have their, their favorites. Um, having a sense of humor is going to be near the top of the list. Uh, integrity, good communication skills, those are going to ebb and flow. The constant is going to be a love for people. I feel that a, a person who aspires to be a great leader, at the root of that is their passion toward empowering um, moving, inspiring, motivating, and, uh, and cultivating teams and being able to impact the individual person. Um, that is going to be at the root of someone who really wants to truly lead, especially through, uh, through a servant's heart. Okay. So they're kind of establishing their message and then seeing their message carry forward, right? Yep, absolutely. Okay. That's awesome. So do you believe you are a great leader? No. <laughs> And, and I, I say that because, and, and I, I can go and I can observe um, somebody in action, a, a leader, a supervisor, somebody in a leadership position, and, and in relatively short order ascertain what their, what their key skill sets are and be able to uh, assess what they need to work on, but also be able to point out the positives, which mm-hmm. I think is important. And for a select few, yeah, I, I think they, they have achieved that status of, of great leader. Myself, a work in progress. Absolutely. And when we, when we look in the mirror, well, first of all, when we look at others, I think it's a good thing to be able to say that person is, is great at what they do. But when we look in the mirror and say, yep, I've made it, we need to really start reconsidering things. Mm-hmm. Leaders, especially when we are tasked with, with impacting uh, and empowering others, as soon as we believe we're at the top of the mountain, uh, we need to find a new mountain. Mm-hmm. And so... Those of us in a leadership community, and, and that's far more reaching than probably a lot of people give themselves credit for, we know that we are always a work in progress. And we have to be able to embrace that so that we always want to continue for the betterment of those that we're leading. Right. Okay. That makes sense. Do you believe you actually have to have a title of a leader to be a great leader? Oh, goodness, no. <laughs> um, like I said, the, the leadership community is, is very far reaching. They are. They're in our schools. They're in our, our workplace. They're in our families, our churches right now. Um, there are those that have a business card to have something after their name that says, yes, I have a title uh, by appointment, by election. 
um, this is part of my job description. Others, maybe uh, you ran for junior class treasurer but, but weren't elected. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you're just active in your community as a student or as a professional or as a parent. Those people are leaders. Consider the, the person that, um, this is the example I like to use, the Good Samaritan situation. Somebody stopped on the side of the road and it, and it might be raining and, it, and they might be there for 15, 30 minutes. And it takes a while for that first person to stop and offer assistance. But then once that first person has stopped, cars two and three quickly follow. Now people are slowing down, rolling down their windows, asking if everything is okay. But it takes that first person to take that step forward and be willing to offer help in that way. And there is leadership in that. Hmm. Do you think the other cars are stopping out of guilt or what is the driving factor? Because the example has been set. Okay. Yeah, that's awesome. So have you always worked in this path of service to others? I have always wanted to be helpful. I have always volunteered for things, tried to say yes as often as possible. Uh, Friends ask, hey, can you help me move? Yeah, absolutely. And um, in the last 15, 20 years, that has become more purposeful. So going beyond just wanting to be helpful and actually channeling that into um, efforts, acts, and ambitions of servitude to be in the service of others. Mm. Okay. And you had a career in the military, correct? I did. Okay. And can you tell our listeners about that? I started out enlisted, uh, joined soon after high school, uh, gave the Navy, uh, the world's finest, by the way, uh, gave the Navy five great years as, uh, as an electrician's mate, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Saw some absolutely exciting places, uh, met some wonderful people, friendships I've still maintained. And uh, I got out in 1998 considered that chapter of my life closed, and uh, 9-11 happened. And then, well, to get a little bit personal, uh, I got divorced, and I did that obligatory uh, self-inventory and and revisited some of those childhood goals, one of which was to wear the uniform of a naval officer. And so on Veterans Day 2005, took my oath of office as a newly christened ensign uh, in Everett, and so that started my officer career as a reservist, mm-hmm. did one deployment to Afghanistan for a year, and then entered a non-drill status back in 2015 solely to focus more on the leadership coalition. Okay. And so you were leading men in the military? Absolutely. And then prior to the military? Well, and, and part of what goes into the leadership coalition is that I have all these different experiences, having mm-hmm. led and been led mm-hmm. in a variety of different situations and, and environments. Uh, from academia, being a, a leader in both high school and college, um, coaching and leading sports teams, business, philanthropy, volunteerism, and of course the military, um, and, and never having that catalyst to, to jam everything together until 2014, and I'm, I'm confident we'll touch on that in a few minutes. Oh, yes, we will. <laughs> That's awesome. And so you're leading through example, right? And you're leading through experience. Absolutely. Okay. So um, before I open up the phone lines to my listeners, too, can you provide an example of some sort of the leadership issues that they can call about? Consider this leadership Mad Libs. Uh, So it would sound something like this. Uh, Somebody calls in and says, uh, Sakura, great show. Uh, And you blush a little because you're modest. And they say, (laughs) Sean, you sound so handsome on the radio. (laughs) And then the Mad Libs would start. And it goes something like this. Um, I have a coworker, teammate boss, supervisor, subordinate, student, um, and they, during our workday, jam session, committee meeting, PTSA, 
exhibited and then described the offending behavior, which resulted in described mm-hmm. the chaos. Um, and then how, how can I fix that? What is something I can go back with in order to uh, make sure that doesn't happen again? All right. Well, that's great. Well, speaking of, we're going to have to actually take a quick break. So everyone stick around for more Love from the Hip. Men, care for your skin properly, starting with your face. Sakura Skin and Mind offers their Gentleman's Groom Clinical Facial for just $120. Designed for your rugged skin, a deep cleansing clinical facial is like a one-two-three punch to wrinkles, age spots, and problem skin. Tame those brows, ears, and nostrils. Sakura Skin and Mind, erasing wrinkles one clinical facial at a time. Learn more at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A SkinAndMind.com If you're planning on building a home or a major landscaping project, you'll want the team of Stone Resources on your side. Safely, effectively, and correctly working with our unique terrain requires local knowledge and environmental care. For 21 years, Stone Resources has been making sure their customers' biggest investment is on solid ground. Trust your next earth-moving project to Stone Resources. Call 425-754-6792. That's 425-754-6792. Stone Resources. We make the earth move. And remember, if you need dirt or have dirt to get rid of, you can call on us. 425-754-6792. Taking care of your skin's largest organ can be difficult, but not for Astera Skincare Mist. This topical skin spray supports your skin's own natural healing defenses. Astera Skincare Mist is a light misting spray, free of parabens, alcohol, toxins, and fragrance. This all-natural topical skin spray will take the woe out of your skincare worries without clogging your pores. Irritation, inflammation, redness, post-procedure sensitivities, no problem. With Astera Skincare Mist, you can continue about your day without the skin dismay. Acne, rosacea, psoriasis, sunburns, rashes, and fungus? Don't let these skin concerns inconvenience you. Instead, let Astera Skincare Mist allow you to be happy in the skin you're in. Available at Sakura Skin and Mind. Learn more at AsteraCare.com. That's E-S-T-H-E-R-A Care.com. Alternative Talk 1150. It's good for what ails you. This statement has not been evaluated by the FDA. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And don't forget, this show airs right here every Wednesday from 2 to 3 p.m. Today, I have the pleasure of having public speaker, mentor, expert on team building, and the founder of the Leadership Coalition, Sean Palmer. And remember, if you have any questions for Sean, feel free to call in 425-373-5527 or 1-888-298-KKNW. And so before the break, you were talking about your career in the military. And then that brought you to the Leadership Coalition in 2014? Correct. So tell me about that. Tell me more. I was actually volunteering uh, with a youth organization, and I happened to watch over the course of this, this week-long camp that we were volunteering at, an absolute dumpster fire meets train wreck of poor leadership. And not from the person that, that the fingers were pointed at, the new program director, who I thought when I looked a layer or two deeper could have been very good at, at her job. But a lot of fingers were pointed, and, and with all of the, uh, the changes that were implemented and, and as ambitious as she was being, it was that her leadership did not set her up to be successful. Mm-hmm. And so I was actually on the drive home from that 
that event and it, it hit me that I need to make a change in how we teach leaders to actually be effective leaders. We tend to get our leadership training one of one of two ways. As adults, we get death by PowerPoint, right? So an <laughs> hour of slides yes. on collaboration, an hour of slides on delegation. And, and if we go to a conference, they're nice enough, they will print the slides off for us, give it to us in that big binder, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to pack that in their carry-on, and we don't look at it again. So we take in all these data points. We're a little bit smarter, but there's no relatability. We don't answer the question, how do we use this? Mm. Or we get that very engaging, dynamic, red dress or red, red shirt wearing, Mountain Dew drinking, um, inspirational keynote. And, and their story <laughs> resonates with us. And yes, we now want to be a change maker. And we stand up and our chest is out and our cape is flowing. And we ask ourselves, what do we do? Because there's no actionable content. Mm. And leadership speakers tend to, and there are a lot of great ones out there, a lot of very inspiring stories. But we tend to get stories of, here's how I did it. You can choose to follow my path if you like. Mm. And so what I wanted to do was actually create a curriculum. This teaches what servant leadership looks like, which much like customer service tends to be overused and very underdefined. So we have actually identified, and I teamed up with a middle school science teacher on this to create a rubric Mm. of what the four pillars of servant leadership look like. What do the actions of being a servant leader and, and leading others from a servant heart, what does that look like and how is it defined? Mm-hmm. So we're, we're at this camp and volunteers said they're not going to return to the organization and staff members had, had quit. And so I put into motion creating this curriculum so that we would actually have a way of teaching both, both young leaders as well as old how we do this the right way. Oh. And so you implemented it at the camp? No, I was I was already on my way home. We didn't have okay. a, a chance for that. But the curriculum was born yeah. soon thereafter. Wow. And, and that was the catalyst to take all these different leadership experiences. Mm-hmm. And I have been blessed. I have, I have led and been led in a, in a myriad of different environments, from the military and business to, to volunteerism. But I never had that, that reason to just package everything together and present it and say, learn from the things I've done right learn from all the things that I've, I've made mistakes at, don't reinvent that wheel, and have it presented as, as a curriculum until that event in 2014, which was the springboard for everything we've done since. Okay. And do you feel now it's been, what, five years, coming up on five years, right? So have you grown as well? Oh, goodness, you, yeah. you, you cannot, mm-hmm. um, can't not grow uh, when you're immersed in it like this. And, and I made a vow early on that if I'm going to be the, the director, the curator of, of a leadership curriculum, well, my own leadership ducks need to be in a row. And so I made extra efforts to make sure that when I'm leading, I'm trying to do it correctly as often as possible. But here, here's the spoiler. As, as leaders, there are way more ways for us to fail. There are way more things, way more ways for things to go off the rails than for things to go perfectly right. Mm-hmm. So even when we have it dialed in, we don't always have it dialed in the right way all the time. Yeah, but by failing, then you even learn more, right? Absolutely. So it's even better to fail <laughs> most times. So who benefits from the Leadership Coalition? Directly, anyone who is in touch with, with our curriculum. And what's the age range that you see? Well, we've got two different programs. Originally, the Leadership Coalition was designed for high school and college students. 
And so with that age range in mind, we made it relatable and we made it specific to the young adult. Well, very quickly, um, I learned that the core tenets of leadership are exactly the same. If you are your junior class treasurer, a corporal in the Marine Corps, or a CFO, delegation is delegation and, and servant leadership is servant leadership. The only thing I have to do is change how my audience can relate to the material. Okay. So the material is completely the same, whether you're talking in the school or speaking to business professionals. Absolutely. Okay. And is your is it is it mobile, Leadership Coalition? Absolutely. Uh, we're entirely mobile. So all the things that we do, even our big practical application exercises, some of which requires a, an athletic field for, um, <laughs> everything goes in into the back of the truck. I'm mobile. I show up at your workplace, at your conference, or at your school, and everything can be packaged like that. And how far out do you span? I've been all over the Pacific Northwest, uh, but the goal for 2019 is to be global. Okay. And so how do you see it benefiting kids? I think it's going to benefit anybody, but the young adults specifically, because this is a skill set that they're building young. This is confidence that they're building young. And this is the, the ability and the ambition to connect and engage with others. And they're doing it young. And, and they can take that and move forward through high school, through college, into their first career. There's huge impact when I can work with a group of professionals. And sometimes that's my favorite because I can really get into the to leadership in the nth degree. I can't always do that with, with a young adult. But to learn it early and be able to take that forward, uh, that's incredibly powerful. These are the things that our employers covet. They're looking for. Our military covets this. Uh, businesses absolutely want um, employees, workers, team members with these types of skills, being able to think critically, communicate well, and lead. This mm -hmm. is something that they can put on their resume and an actual skill set that they can use continuing forward. So what kinds of fairs are you at? Are, are you present at career fairs and that kind of thing for high schools? That hasn't been the, the crux of our success. Um, I've done one conference for the Washington Association of, gosh darn it, WACA, Washington Activities Coordinators Association. That was last spring, and, and that was fantastic because it got me in front of principals, vice principals, ASB teachers, all the ones who are um, vested in student leadership. So that was fantastic. Otherwise, it has been word of mouth mm -hmm. uh, and a lot of social media. Okay. What were some of the challenges that you had to face with principals and ASB teachers, or what were they facing that they brought to you? Um, a lot of it is just a lack of connectedness. Hmm. When I speak to high schools, uh, depending upon what I'm doing, but my flagship keynote is, is kindness and leadership, and that is all about sharing our most precious gift, which is the, the willingness and, and the ambition and the ability to connect and engage with others. Hmm. And I'll tell them, I go, look, you have students right now at this school and they walk from class to class with their head down. Or they will eat lunch by themselves. And there are reasons for that. And we have the ability to prevent them from, from having a bad day. And we have the ability to just connect with them. And it, it might prevent someone from having a bad day. But it, it's just that, that human level of connection. Being able to instill that in young adults early. Mm -hmm. And to be able to watch that flourish. We, teens especially, it, it was bad enough when, when I was a teenager. 
many, many moons ago. <laughs> but now with the, the social media being so incredibly popular, I mean, it took hours for rumors to spread when I was in high school. It literally takes seconds now yeah. with a single social media post and a couple of shares. You can go from second to third period, and in that amount of time, a rumor can spread. And it's so easy for somebody that has reasons to want to online bully, for someone who, who wants to create a little bit of hated discontent, to do stuff like that. Because you can be anonymous behind your, behind your phone, behind your electronic device. Right. So getting them past that and just getting them to want to connect with others, we're lacking that. Yeah, definitely. So what kinds of changes have you seen with your own child? Brooklyn Marie. Um, and how old is she? Sorry, she is. She's coming up on sixteen. Okay. And and the the leadership coalition, aside from all things fatherhood related, is is why I get up in the morning. But she is she is my purpose, and and watching her take this and grow her own leadership skill set, and I've encouraged her to run for student government, and and she's decided that that's not where she wants to lead. She's a volleyball player, mm-hmm. and she's been elected team captain at, at a couple different levels of competition and even when she's not a team captain her ability and willingness and zeal to lead during practices and coaches we know that's where games are won you got to win five practices to win a single game to to watch her and and hear her stories of how she's able to engage with her teammates um that's inspiring and and i love seeing that in her Mm -hmm. but i love seeing it in other young adults as well yeah and you're seeing your work at play, right? Absolutely. Yeah, how rewarding. So you've actually done um, some, you've done some conferences at her school before. Not not at, conferences. Sorry. <laughs> um, I have done training. You brought leadership coalition there. Um, to not to her school, but to her team. Okay. Uh, okay. Outside of school. Outside of school. Okay. And how, what was that like? It was it was a lot of fun. Um, Nothing, nothing beats, if, if you're wired like this, nothing beats having a, a group of young students together, not know what they're being tasked with, and then grow into it, begin to excel at it, and then see their excitement when, like, they're getting it, that light bulb moment, that click, that aha. It's like a musician who hears or her song on the radio. Um, an artist who's, who's painting and inspires someone to fall in love. I mean, something that I created that has this profound impact that I get to see at work in others. The second best part of my day. <laughs> awesome. So you th- do you believe that Leadership Coalition can help these teens with finding the right career path as well as helping them get into college? Absolutely. And, and the reason is not only is it instilling that, that core skill set, leadership, delegation, communication, all the things that colleges want in their students, that employers want in, in their new team members. But it's giving that, that gift of confidence mm-hmm. uh, for them to be able to, to try new things. So when, when they're on campus um, deciding, yeah, I want to I wanna join, I want to start this club, this committee, I want to make an impact, I want to do more than go to class. When they get to their first um, professional stage in life, being able to say, yeah, I want to do more than just show up to work. I want to make an impact. I want to volunteer outside of what I'm doing between the hours of nine and five. Okay. And I know that you said it's really best to learn these leadership qualities when you're young. Do you think it's harder to change business professionals, for example, that have been stuck in their ways for so long? 
the litmus test there is that if someone has a, a value for leadership, then change is going to come. Mm. And, and I say that because I have talked with people who, who scoff at the idea of developing leaders, who think hey, you've either got it or you don't. Um, title brings leadership skills. And, and I disagree with that in all politeness. But those who place emphasis on leadership and say, yeah, it's important that we develop. It's important that we continue to grow. It's important that as a work in progress, we learn new skills to continue to engage the people around us. Then, yeah, anything is possible. (laughs) The sky is the limit. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, stick around. We're going to have to take a quick break. On this weekly skinny, I would like to talk more about the beauty myth of using toothpaste on your face. I am sure at one point or another you have applied toothpaste to a zit. The reason why toothpaste may have actually worked on that occasion is because once upon a time, toothpaste included zinc. Zinc is a great healing antioxidant. Also, toothpaste can contain calcium carbonate, which helps to absorb excess oil and dry out pimples. These two ingredients, however, don't outweigh the harsh side effects of the other ingredients like sodium lauryl sulfate. This is a surfactant also found in many shampoos, soaps, and detergents. It is actually used in labs to irritate the skin of animals to find out other ingredients to soothe the skin. It basically strips the skin of its natural moisturizing lipids, impairing its protective barrier, and leaving it open to infection and irritation. In fact, if you tend to have dry, chapped lips or irritation around your mouth, which is called perioral dermatitis, it is most likely due to your toothpaste. If that is the case, you will want to switch to a toothpaste without sodium lauryl sulfate. Another side effect of using toothpaste on your face is the risk of pigmenting the skin. So while the zit may go away, the dark pigment left afterwards most likely will not. The other two most irritating ingredients are fluoride and triclosan. Triclosan is added to toothpaste for antimicrobial properties. No sense in risking the side effects of using toothpaste on your skin when there are products specifically designed to address zits and pimples. Epionce has a great purifying spot treatment and is clinically formulated by a dermatologist, Dr. Carl Thornfeld. Or Environ has a clarity line specifically formulated by a plastic surgeon, Dr. Des Fernandez, for treating acne, breakout, or oily skin. For more information, feel free to email me at sakura at sakuraskinandmind.com. Peach fuzz is great if it's on a peach. Let Sakura Skin and Mind remove unsightly hair with dermaplaning. Although its primary purpose is to remove layers of dead skin, it's just one of the added benefits leaving your skin baby smooth, safe, effective, fast, and affordable. What a concept! Sakura Skin and Mind wants you to look your very best, and dermaplaning is just one tool in their chest. Find out about dermaplaning at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A, skinandmind.com. We bring out the healthy skin and healthy way of thinking you didn't know you had. Make it a great day. Keep your dial on Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe to my YouTube channel, Love from the Hip, and that's H-Y-P. Today, I have the pleasure of having public speaker, mentor, expert on team building, and founder of the Leadership Coalition, Sean Palmer. And remember, if you have any questions for Sean, feel free to call 425-373-5527 or 1-888-298-KKNW. Welcome back. Thank you. (laughs) So I'd like to ask you to provide some examples of your curriculum for the Leadership Coalition, if you can. Oh, absolutely. 
um, we almost always start out with Leadership 101, and that is using structured notes to walk everyone through the six styles of leadership, but also pointing out that no style is going to be correct all the time. We as leaders, we have our natural tendencies. We want to lean towards one or two styles or the other. As a military veteran and as someone who likes working in small teams, I lean towards the authoritative and the coaching styles of leadership. But I know enough that if we need to start out with more of a visionary or a democratic, I can get us started. But then what's crucial at that point is to then delegate to someone who really excels at that style of leadership. Mm. So we cover the six styles, when you would use them and when you would not, how the cultures of totalitarian and servant leadership affect all six. Then we cover the different environments that you would lead in from training, work, and crisis. Um, And then how you ascend to a leadership position We focus on the big three, which is um, being appointed, being elected, or simply volunteering. And there are differences in how the the followership responds based on how their leader came to be. Okay. Um, So that's Leadership 101. And can you go over those six styles? So what I do is we lead them from the most democratic down to the least. And there's one of those kind of cheating moments where I say, remember in college and you guys were studying for your final and the professor would say, um, here's, here's, a little, here's a little tidbit and he would stomp on the floor, he would knock on the chalkboard and, and that, was, that was your cue to remember this. So when I'm speaking to my audience, I say, we're gonna go from the most democratic to the least, knock, knock, okay. So we go through the democratic, coaching, visionary, charismatic, pace setting, and finally, the authoritative or the most direct to task, this is what must be done, style of leadership. Then I introduce totalitarian, that is an absolute my way or the highway, hmm. and servant leadership. And I ask them, where on this spectrum would, would you place them? And almost always they say servant leadership at the top, totalitarian at the bottom. And I say, absolutely, that stands to reason, but it's incorrect. Hmm. Instead, envision this. Envision a culture of leadership a culture of servant leadership that spans all six styles. So you can be a servant-minded leadership with a lean towards coaching or a lean towards visionary. At the same time, you can be a coach that is very, very demanding and very totalitarian. Hmm. So consider uh, Coach Pete Carroll, if you're listening, <laughs> great season, who is very much a servant leader. And, and I say that having never been led by the man, but knowing that he not only leads the 53 men on the field, but he leads his staff and he advocates that they follow their professional ambitions. And he promotes out a lot of successful coaches from the Pete Carroll coaching tree, mm-hmm. as opposed to other coaches who are very controlling and less ambitious with parting with their coordinators and parting with their assistants and less worried about leading them as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so you touched on something. I just want to grab that before. Please. <laughs> um, as far as leadership in crisis, that fight or flight, do you, fig- do you feel that that's the most challenging time to make all the decisions and become a leader or oh, be that leader? Well, ab- absolutely. But it depends upon the, the mission and the followership as well as, it's like the leadership triangle. Mm-hmm. There's the actual leader. And then the leader has to be able to know to tailor their styles to the mission to be accomplished and the followership. Mm -hmm. I think the military turns out some fantastic leaders. Mm -hmm. But if you take a military veteran, put them in front of Elon Musk, who is the CEO of Tesla, founded PayPal, founded SpaceX. 
he is known as a visionary style leader. He will have meetings that last five minutes where he basically says, look, this is where I want the company in six months. Go. And the man <laughs> will leave. And there's a sense of empowerment. And there's a sense of you know being able to have creative license and getting your team to the finish line however you see fit. Right. Most military veterans are going to elbow the person next to them and ask, what do I do? Because they are, they are accustomed to more structure. They are uh, accustomed to being more linear with their thought processes and, and how they go about getting from point A to point B, and especially from point A to point F or X. Mm -hmm. So a leader like Elon Musk is going to lose some of his followers that are more accustomed to that. Okay. So a leader must be able to change his or her leadership style to adapt to the followership. Okay. So to circle back to your question, <laughs> in a crisis situation, absolutely. But part of what we teach is how to build teams early, instill leadership early so that when the crisis situation hits, deadlines, um, loss of resources, that the crisis situation is less of an impact because you have those things in place. Okay. And so you also brought up Pete Carroll and you said what kind of leader is he? Well, a coaching style of leader, but okay. very much a servant leader. Okay. And so he's pretty much giving up a lot of his control. Do you find that that's one of the biggest challenges with your leadership <laughs> is people having to give up con control because they like things done the way they like it done and they know it will get done or, you know, it is, the whole fear? <laughs> it is absolutely a challenge. There are a lot of people that adhere to the school of thought of um, if I don't do it, it, it won't get done or it won't get done properly. Right. But I'll, I'll tell you, you, you empower a group. You say, look, this is what we're trying to accomplish. And you have to match it to the right group. You, you've got to have a certain amount of self-starters. You've got to have people with, with the baseline skills to get you from point A to point B. And then you just tell them what needs to be done. And then just stand back and let them go. And people, more often than not, will surprise you. Mm. But again, you, you have to be the leader that, that matches the right situation with the right opportunity. Okay. And then you had touched on the military, too. I, I want to ask you, do you think it's harder for people that have been in the military for a long time and maybe not held a leadership role to make decisions after being out of the military? If you've been in the military for a long time, you've been in, in leadership positions, I, okay. I assure you. Yeah. Um, but it, it can be, but to enter then a, a different environment or a different culture, mm -hmm. right, where you go from the military, which is very linear, very command and control, very structured. And, and then step into trying to lead volunteers. That is going to be a little bit oil and water mm -hmm. um, or trying to lead um, in, a, in a democratic situation because that's not what the military leader is, is accustomed to. Right. They still have the, the base leadership skills, but we just have to fine-tune that a little bit. Okay. And, and not to pick on the military. They, they do a fantastic job. We do some great things well. Few jobs are harder. Yeah. But if you were used to leading volunteers and then you stepped into a position where you had to be more authoritative, that leader is also going to struggle. Right. So it goes both ways. Mm -hmm. I can see that. So earlier today you had told me all the different arrows in your quiver. Can you explain this to my listeners? Oh, shoot, yes. Um, before I was blessed with being able to, to rediscover my passion, not discover but um, – to rediscover my passion for working with youth, for public speaking, and, and for leadership development. I came from an industry that really coveted specialists. And, and I, I was almost guilty or, or a victim of falling onto that exact same path 
when a fellow speaker and now friend of mine, Jeffrey McLaughlin, he's over there in, um, uh, in Idaho, does a lot of good anti-drug stuff with schools. I look up to him a lot. And he said, no, 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 that is not the approach you need to take with this. You need to have a lot of arrows in your quiver. You need to be able to respond to and answer anything or as close to anything as you possibly can. So if your leaders, um, if your listeners can envision um, a pyramid where the base of the pyramid is me getting the broadest reach. So that would be uh, an inspirational keynote at your conference or, or coming to your school and doing an assembly. And I'm getting a great message out to as many people as possible, but I'm not creating a lot of personal relationships. That's the base of the pyramid. The middle of the pyramid is, is going to be workshops and team dynamic kind of events where my training sweet spot is really kind of 16 to 24 participants. And I'm able to work with each person individually or in small groups to build up their leadership skill set as opposed to the peak of the pyramid, which now is small group or individual mentorship, where one-on-one -on -one we can really drill down and help develop that person become the leader that they aspire and ambition to be. Okay. So let's talk about colors now. Okay. I heard you use a color code system to help categorize people. Tell I me use more about that. I use Taylor Hartman's color code um, to identify core motivators when it comes to leadership. Um, Taylor Hartman put out an incredible system and a fantastic book called The Color Code. And there are a lot of personality profiles out there, and, and I won't name any of them, but what I really like about The Color Code is it boils down your, your core motivators to four different colors, okay. red, blue, yellow, white. Red's motivated by power, blue by intimacy, yellow by fun, and white by peace. And what it does is it goes a step further and it details how each of those personalities now interacts with the other. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so that's important because I will have, um, if I'm facilitating a board retreat or if I'm doing a workshop, I'll have someone ask, um, hey, as an example, you know, I had what I, I now have identified as two reds two very ambitious, linear, logical, want to succeed kind of personalities, and, and I made them co-chair this fundraising committee. You're going to get one of two things. You're going to get that upward spiral, that I'm going to outdo you. No, no, I'm going to outdo you, and, and it's a, a positive competition. Hmm. Or you're going to get the, hey, let's do it my way. <clears throat> I appreciate you, friend, but no, let's do it my way. And then you have that downward spiral. And then what the person in charge tends to do is pick another strong personality that they want to interject in between. Now you've got two ganging up on one because that's <laughs> how it tends to work. Right. You, you want to choose that, that diplomat. You want to choose that white personality, that referee, to step in between and say, hey, I want you to be the, the best go-getter, the best red, the best over here in this neutral corner. Here's your task list. I want you to be the best red you can be. Go knock it out of the park over here with your task list. And that is an ideal personality to, to put in between two alphas, two very red, linear, hard-charging men or women. Okay. Well, I'm going to touch back on colors, but we're going to have to take a quick break. So everyone stick around for more Love from the Hip. 
Your skin is your body's largest organ. Care for it properly, starting with your face. Sakura Skin and Mind offers several clinical facial treatments to help stimulate collagen production, eliminate toxins, boost circulation, and deeply cleanse. See a new you in your mirror. Clinical facials range from $90 and up. Do your face a favor. Sakura Skin and Mind, erasing wrinkles one clinical facial at a time. Learn more, sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A, skinandmind.com. Next week on Conversations Live with Vicki St. Clair, our three guests expose the hidden costs of invisible labor, what it is, what it does to us, and why we need to identify it. Joining the discussion are journalist and author of Fed Up, Gemma Hartley, psychotherapist and author of Hashtag Chill, Dr. Brian Robinson, and law scholar and author of Life Admin, Professor Elizabeth Emmons. Tune in Mondays at noon Pacific time and Fridays at 6 a.m. Catch up on podcasts at conversationslive.net. If you're planning on building a home or a major landscaping project, you'll want the team of Stone Resources on your side. Safely, effectively, and correctly working with our unique terrain requires local knowledge and environmental care. For 21 years, Stone Resources has been making sure their customers' biggest investment is on solid ground. Trust your next earth-moving project to Stone Resources. Call 425 754-6792. That's 425-754-6792. Stone Resources. We make the earth move. And remember, if you need dirt or have dirt to get rid of, you can call on us. 425-754-6792. Microneedling is a revolutionary treatment that can help reduce the appearance of acne scars, fine lines, pigmentation, wrinkles, even improve the appearance of stretch marks by stimulating collagen and elastin. Sakura Skin and Mind specializes in this procedure that jumpstarts your body's natural healing process. Sakura Skin and Mind believes in not only keeping the skin up to date with the latest trends in the skincare industry, but also keeping the skin beautiful, fast, pretty, painless, and affordable. Find out more at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A skinandmind.com. Organic, free range, and fresh daily. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. Don't forget this show airs here right on KKNW every Wednesday at 2 to 3 p.m. Today, I have the pleasure of having public speaker, mentor, expert on team building, and founder of the Leadership Coalition, Sean Palmer. And so, Sean, before the break, you were talking about Taylor Hartman's color code system that you use and apply. Um, so can you go over those colors once more, please? Absolutely. Taylor Hartman has, has boiled down our core motivators, and I identified them with four different colors, red, blue, yellow, and white, where reds are motivated by power. Blues by intimacy and relationship, yellows by fun, and then white by peace. Okay. And do you um, pl- supply a personality test to find those out? or There is, and I actually recommend you go to the Color Code uh, website, mm-hmm. and, and you can take that personality test there. Okay. It's, um, it's in- uncanny as far as how it can drill down and, and identify how you behave as, as a parent, as a leader, hmm. um, as a partner in life. I focus solely on interpersonal relationships as they relate to, to leadership. Okay. But having done this for a while now, I'm sure you're able to just sit with someone for a moment and just peg them as a color, right? 
it it's become <laughs> increasingly easy and, okay. and we've actually there's it's a 45 question assessment that the, wow. the color code organization yeah. puts out okay but i've designed a couple of tricks to get a a semblance of what somebody's personality motivator might be just mm-hmm. with a couple of, of simple questions. You see where I'm going with this, right? I'm going to ask you what color I am. <laughs> I, I assess you, you, to, be I a I a I you to be a blue. I assess you to be a blue. Okay, and why why is that? Um, you're you're wanting to connect. You're wanting to help um, people, right? It's all about people and, and being able to take the time and have the ambition to build those, build those relationships, uh, to reach out, to impact, to engage, connect. That just screams blue. Okay. And it has nothing to do with the fact that it's my favorite color. But <laughs> yeah. All right. So can you tell us about a leadership challenge that you have faced? There have been many, um, but that's, that's, those are our greatest learning opportunities. The one that comes to mind is as a Navy lieutenant uh, in the information dominance community deployed to Bagram, Afghanistan. I was there for a year. And um, our element was very specialized and very small. So we didn't have a typical commanding officer. We had what we called an officer in charge. And we cycled through three different ones just because their tours were, were slightly shorter. So I had three different styles of leaders, three leaders with different expectations. And on, on our second one, it was an Air Force major. And, and he was very focused on, on process. And then, and, and his tour lasted about four months, and we had another Air Force major whose focus was on people and empowerment. And, and it took this long, but at, at the end of my, my tour in Afghanistan, I actually remarked out loud to myself, wow, you know, I, I kind of come down for poor leadership, but I really up things for, for good leadership. And it was kind of that, duh, right? <laughs> like, that's, that's the whole point. That's what leadership is. And so going through those transitions and, and being human, having the, the human reaction of oh my gosh I got to get used to this and, and my work might slow down and and I'm kind of dragging my feet because I want to resist a little bit but we were on a mission and mm-hmm. and, and we had a, a mission that um, had immediate implications in the battle space that is you know directly affected coalition forces downrange we didn't have that that option so we had to write ourselves quick right mm-hmm. and decide okay you know it we're in the we're in the military because I worked in a what we call a joint forces environment, an army command in an air force building, and and I'm a navy lieutenant. <laughs> so we, we we had to get right real quick, right? Yeah. We're in the military. We have a job to do. It doesn't matter if we get along with leadership. Right. Um, we just have to follow orders and do the absolute best job we can, not because we we like our leader or don't, but because of the implications of who it affects downrange. That's who we're doing it for. Mm. Wow. That's a big challenge. <laughs> it, it was. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it provided so many great takeaways and, and successful mission, by the way, um, and absolutely something that uh, I enjoyed doing. And if I was going to be gone from my daughter, my business, all the things that I was familiar with for a year, that's the kind of mission I wanted to support. Okay. And so at the same time, I know that earlier you had touched on um, a challenge that others had faced with leadership. Can you expand on that? The one that, that comes to mind and I, I tend to highlight was that moment in, in 2014 that gave birth to the leadership coalition was that failure in leadership that, that I witnessed firsthand playing out right in front of me and the incredibly challenging and compromising position of wanting to do well, of having a skill set that was going to let you do well and having every ambition in the world to just serve and do and do well 
but your leadership doesn't support you correctly and the people under you see see you as a as a failure mm. for circumstances beyond your control that is a tough situation yeah definitely so i have to ask you who do you think is the greatest leader of all times there man there are a lot of ways to answer that um <laughs> i i have a couple of favorites i, I look at at alexander the great um, as a military leader, he absolutely ranks near the top. Western civilization wouldn't be what it is if his empire hadn't been so expansive and lasted as long as it did. I look at Abraham Lincoln, who almost single-handedly prevented our nation from fracturing itself when it was trying really hard to do exactly that. <laughs> but my favorite leader all time is Harriet Tubman. Wow. And, and it's Harriet Tubman because, and, and I have no idea what her leadership style was. And, and I have no idea how she got people from point A to point B uh, along that underground railroad. But you, you look at the story that inspired Schindler's List, and, and I have to think that that person looked at Harriet Tubman, who maybe at that point was the first to try what she did. There is leadership in doing it first if you're successful or not. Wow, that's, that's remarkable. <laughs> So where do you hope to grow or go from here? Or do you have any upcoming events that you'd like to share? We do. We've got what I call a Kool-Aid event. And, and I call it a Kool-Aid event because no matter what I say, no matter what I post on social media, you can't really get the gist of what we do without tasting the Kool-Aid. So it's out at Providencia Pond Retreat, which is this, this little um, gem of a retreat center right in our own backyard in Issaquah, February 24th. Um, and if I can, can I give our, our yes, contact please information? Do. Please do. If anybody wants to reach out, has a question, or, or wants to um, sign up for the event, info, INFO, at theleadershipcoalition.org, and that comes to me, and I'll respond to you personally. Well, thanks again for being on my show today, Sean. And thanks again to Eric for all his fabulous work, and thank you to the listener. You can find me at leftfromthehip.com or sakuraskinandmind.com. You can also follow me on Instagram, on Facebook, and subscribe to my YouTube channel, Love from the Hip, and that's HYP. Remember, if you're interested in being hypnotized on an online edition of Love from the Hip and sharing your experience with listeners later on the air, or have any questions or comments, then feel free to email me, sakura at lovefromthehip.com. Tune in next Wednesday at 2 p.m. for another Love from the Hip, and make self-love contagious. Go ahead, I dare ya. <laughs>